Well, hello there, dead and lovely listeners. It's a very special surprise bonus mini-sode featuring your good buddy Uncle Ben. And me, Kate. Uh, my wife. Uh, that's right. We're here for a very special mini-sode. This is the first time I've done a podcast with somebody in person for well over a year. Holy fuck. Fuck this fucking pandemic. You miss your boyfriend. I miss my boyfriend. His his footy game might be better than yours. Let's try your footy game out. Actually, there's a large dog <laughs> under the table right the now. <laughs> yeah. There's a huge Zora under the table. Her footy game is pretty irrelevant, honestly. I, I come with the Zora. Yeah. Yeah. So she's under the table blocking the footy game. But you know what? It's the best I've had in a long time, sugar tits. That's what I try for. Yeah, I know you do. And we are here to be talking about a movie, what we just seen called In the Earth. In the Earth. In the Earth, directed by Ben Wheatley. We just saw this at Central Cinema. In a movie theater. An actual theater. It was amazing. Yes, that's right. Thank you to Central Cinema in uh, downtown Knoxville, Tennessee, for hosting some small-scale, safe, socially distant movie events and being the bestest. They're wonderful. I love them so much. It's the second movie we've seen in 16 months. Yeah, something like that. It's amazing, and I love it. Yeah, definitely so. So this is a real treat. They advertised that they were going to be showing this one. We watched the trailer, and we were like, well, we should definitely go and check this out. So we just got back from the theater seeing this one along with maybe, what, 10 other people? I think there's like maybe 11 people total in the I was going to say, including us, yeah. Yeah, it's honestly very, very safe and very empty, and they run a very tight ship over there at Central Cinema. So no fears or worries there. And uh, we caught this flick and thought that we would just do a very special mini-sode on it while we imbibe some intoxicants. What are you drinking today, sugar? Oh, man, you're going to put me on the spot because I... I love Scotch, but I have horrific Scottish pronunciation. Everyone does. Uh, No, not the people I hang out with. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's Scotch, isn't it? I'm from Scotland, aren't I? So I think it's called, it's pronounced Kaolila, but Ben calls it Koala. I call it Koala because it's fun. Koalas are adorable. Don't you want to drink some koala scotch? But it is smoky and peaty as fuck, and I absolutely love it. So I am typically a scotch hater, and typically like the the peatier and boggier and smokier, the less that I enjoy it. The better it is. Yeah, you love that stuff. You love it like the more that it tastes like the damn bottom of a campfire and iodine and salt and kelp and all that kind of stuff. It, it needs to taste like the dirt beneath a two-week campfire in a swamp. Mm-mm. And it's so good. I typically disagree with that. But that koala scotch that you got, honestly, it's one of the only ones that I've had that I was like, okay, I kind of get this. It, it's more of a savory drinking experience than it is a a sweet or boozy thing. It's like drinking a meal. It's, it's amazing. I got it for Christmas from Lindsay and Thomas, and I've been replenishing my stock because I love it so much. You like things that are nice. Meanwhile, I'm over here having a... This is a mysterious An one. adjective-filled beer. <laughs> yeah, lots of adjectives here. Collective Arts Brewing, um, Stillwater. I think it's like a collaboration. This is their Blueberry Chocolate coffee 
and vanilla sour. Four flavors. I don't know about how this is going to be. Let's crack the seal right now and find out about it. That is four flavor points in front of the word sour. And I love a sour. It smells weird. Get your whiff of that. I'm sure that's not going to go well with your scotch whatsoever. It smells weird. Oh, man. It smells like a dessert. I don't know about this. I'm going to pour it into a cup. Oh, it's, it's a pretty color. Yeah. You're turning violet, violet. It's not a beer color, but it is pretty. Yeah. It's like the color of a princess tiara, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I, it's a, that is a ruby pink, I would call that. Yeah. Very effervescent. I'm getting a lot of foam and stuff right here. And this thing, I don't know. It smells like, like a blueberry chocolate cake or something. That is exactly what that smells like. I'll just kind of find out about this thing. Get a pull of it and see what it does here. Do you want to try it too? I'll try it, but I've already had some of the scotch, so. Okay, you know what? That is... It smells like sugar. Bizarrely good. It is less sweet than you're thinking it's going to be. The coffee flavor is bold. She's not liking it. That is not a face of someone who's enjoying something. <laughs> it's so sweet. I don't think it's that sweet. I mean, compared uh, to like scotch, no. Yeah, I mean, that's probably... Because normally I love sours. It's does it have malt in it? I don't know. I, I think that's just kind of. It's kind of got that the full chocolate and coffee. Yeah, it's got that full flavor that some malty stuff has. I'm not mad at it, honestly. It, it kind of reminds me of like a very expensive like chocolate blueberry truffle that I would have and pay like six bucks for. I agree with that. That you know? that's right. That seems yeah. accurate. Because you can definitely taste the chocolate and the coffee, but then also the blueberry gives a little tanginess on the back end. But you don't want to drink it with scotch. I doubt that I would. You want to try my scotch? All right, let's go ahead. Let's go, let's go in. It's going to be really <laughs> oh, weird. I should after take that a video. <laughs> Again, it has that smoky, like this might be cheese smell, like a smoked cheddar no, or something. No, this like is that. what's wrong with you and your cheese palate. Mm. It's probably cutting I kind of get this one. <laughs> oh, so good. So many of them I don't understand whatsoever. I don't understand the appeal. That's not that bad. That has a lightness on the back end that, like, your Lefroy and stuff that you like doesn't have like the finish on this is smoother and faster i mean this is much smoother than lefroy yeah yeah definitely smoother than a lot of the is it isla Ela malts i don't Islay? know i can't pronounce the scottish thing fuck no i feel man. like an idiot every time i go to jig y'all know damn well what i'm talking about ila isla islay I know I've said it wrong every time I've said it. Islay is my lay. Islay is your... That's right, isn't it? I'm not Stephen. I'm not going to sing with you, buddy. Oh, man. Need your boyfriend back. He sings with me. He does. He's my singing partner. You'll see him soon. I think that's pretty tasty, honestly. Oh, that makes my heart so happy. I mean, it shouldn't because that means I might uh, invade your, your stash. That's true. I enjoy having scotch all to myself. I don't have to share it. Yeah. It's just like how I feel about my, my non-ironic bottle of Jägermeister on the shelf. I know that it's all mine. <laughs> it's so gross. You will not go near that one. <laughs> no. That's right. So we just got back from seeing this flick, and we're going to give you guys first a, a little bit of a spoiler-free review and some recommendations, and if you're a fan of this and that, maybe you'd like this movie, and then we're going to get all deep in that spoiler turf. So just for starters, this is directed by Ben Wheatley, who a lot of you guys will know from directing Kill List, which is a movie what I have seen, what you have not seen. I have not. I've not seen anything by him. He read off his list. I didn't recognize any of it except for two 2014 Doctor Who episodes. 
And were they good? Oh, they were great. You do enjoy the doctor, the I company of do. that doctor. I'm a nerd. Well, you know, Twilight likes you. Kill List is fucking awesome. I think that that is a movie that you should watch. I, I'm curious to know how you would feel about it. I mean, after watching this movie, I'm, I'm down for it. You know, it does have some similarities in a, a few ways. It's not exactly like any kind of like a spiritual success or anything like that to it, but I am curious to know how you would feel about Kill List, because if anybody's seen that movie, I think they probably know what I'm talking about. It kind of starts one way and ends up another way. Sometimes you like that effect in movies, sometimes you don't. It really depends on how well it's done. It's done very well. And also, if I like, I don't even want to say the like characters, but like something involved in it, like... You described it earlier as a three-act movie. Very much. And I said, Very much. like Red State, which I adore. Yeah, that's true. Because I'm a gigantic Kevin Smith fan yeah. and a gigantic religious cult learner. Learner? A learner of scholar, those? But I'm not a scholar because I don't really mm. do research. I just like reading shit. Yeah. So it is sort of similar and... Some ways to Red State, I guess, in a way. I mean, that is three very distinct acts of a movie, and they're all, each tone of the act is extremely different from the other one. Yeah, I suppose so. So we'll watch that sometime, see what you think about that one. But going into this movie, knowing it was from Ben Wheatley, I was expecting that it would be kind of dark, kind of unpredictable, and probably have some jarring, brutal violence in it. And guess what? <laughs> I was right. right about that stuff. I'll tell you what. There were many moments in this movie where my my toes were curling into fists. Y- you and the old lady behind us, well, but like... Several rows uh, behind yeah, us, yeah. Quite a ways behind us <laughs> and to the left. You, you and her were making a lot of squeamish noises. We were going through the same troubles together. She you was were. definitely feeling what I was feeling, man. There was some stuff in this movie that really did have me kind of balling up. And I'll tell you, too, if you are anywhere in the epilepsy spectrum... Oh, you cannot watch this, this movie. not for you. There are warnings and stuff that there are going to be some strobes and stuff in this movie, and there are... It's the a whole, lot. like, last third of the movie is all strobe. Yeah, honestly, there's, if there's you're, a lot. If you're prone to it at all, you can't watch this movie. I'm sorry. Yeah. It, it's, it was so much strobe that I was getting nervous, and Same. I'm not affected by strobe. No, me neither. I was kind of sitting there, and honestly, I think some of that's just because it's, like, the second time we've been to a theater in over a year where I'm like, oh, my God, what if I developed a sensitivity to this? <laughs> During the fucking lockdown. That could happen. I don't know. It could happen. You know. No. You know. So I was a little bit worried about it. So, you know, if you're at all sensitive to flashing lights, definitely don't watch this. If you're sensitive to some really pretty graphic violence, although there's not that much. There's honestly just a few scenes that are like hardcore ER stuff. What is there is very, very graphic. I mean, it didn't bother me, but I am not a squeamish person Ooh. at all. And as evidenced by even like the people who were way ahead of us in the theater, like there were a few times where even they were going, Ugh, yeah, they had uh. some nervous laughter and stuff going on. Yeah. You could I, tell it was affecting them. But it was, I mean, it, 
it is a very graphic i mean i ended up going oh that's a cool effect because i really get into like makeup and special effects in movies which usually means other people are really grossed out and squeamish about it yeah and if you've watched the trailer for this movie you probably know the basic plot involves a world where there is a global pandemic of some sort that's never quite exactly explained they never really explained where it came from what the effects are they never use the word covid but there is a global pandemic going on so i did not know that and i was going to see this movie based on the simple fact that the one minute trailer we saw at the first central cinema movie we looked Mm -hmm. at minari minari which was excellent everybody should go see that it's wonderful but it was a trait it was like a one minute trailer in front of minari and the fact that Central Cinema was requesting, I've not watched a single movie that they have shown that I have not loved yeah. or at least appreciated. So I was just basing it only on those two criteria. And I was like, yeah, let's go see it. We'll watch it. Yeah, for sure. They like things that are nice. And, you know, again, given the trailer, it looked like it was about a pandemic where people have to go into the woods for some reason. I was like, maybe they're trying to find a rare plant that's a cure for this thing or whatever and from the trailer you kind of get the impression that there's some sort of a supernatural element like i was kind of getting vibes of the ritual that netflix movie that came out a year or two ago where some dudes go out in the woods and they encounter some weird supernatural forces and stuff or like something witchy maybe maybe the trailer was like kind of witchy yeah but still like pretty ambiguous in a lot of ways yeah and um this movie is a little bit different from what i was expecting based on the trailer oh, way honestly. different it was it was much darker than i thought it would be oh man it is definitely very 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 dark and it progresses in a way that doesn't exactly meet my expectations but i'm kind of glad for that honestly like based on what the yeah. trailer was showing me i think what the movie gave me is actually better than what i was expecting in terms of the story and the way the story progressed and stuff I would say that the movie has a little bit of vibes of, there's definitely a little bit of Kill List in there. There's definitely a little bit of, of Mandy in there, I think. There's a lot of Mandy. It reminded me very much of Mandy. Just kind of slow, definitely trippy, slow. but like you're gripped the whole time, or at least I was. Yeah. So, but it's, I would definitely describe it as like a slow movie, the same way that I would describe Mandy as a slow movie. But you still have that like trippy element behind it. Yeah, and it's very like soundtrack heavy, like Mandy too. Like there's oh, not yeah. necessarily like oodles of dialogue in the flick. The soundtrack, which is fucking It's unreal. Awesome. Soundtrack in this is so great. And some of it's like what's the word? Kev Bickerdyke's gonna be mad at me. Dia diagenic? Diegetic? Where they're like hearing it in the movie. Diagenic. Oh, I think it's that. I think that's a word. I don't know this word. Mm, I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> You're on your own. I'm going there. But some of it's like stuff that they're hearing in the movie based on some of the things that are going on, and some of it's not. And the soundtrack really drives the movie. It's like a lot of just big, weird synth textures. Not really a lot of melodies and stuff, but super powerful, really droney and like doomy in a lot of ways. So I do not pay that much attention to music or sound in movies i think that's why i make such a good partner to a musician is that i'm i can easily block out noise boy (laughs) shut it off over there won't you and i don't pay that much attention to it but halfway through this movie i leaned over to ben and i was like 
This movie's too small to ever be recognized, but it deserves all of the awards for sound design because it's just so both big and small and just yeah. epic. It, I mean, the sound is just amazing. Yeah. It's really odd because the entire movie is set in... The middle of nowhere. The deep woods, yeah. It looks like indoor. Like, the whole time, I just keep thinking, like, it looks like they're on indoor. Oh, like planet. Uh, it's not a planet. It's a moon. The forest moon indoor. There you go. I almost caught myself right there. Yeah, it kind of looks like that. It's like this deep woods atmosphere, but the soundtrack is this super synthetic thing, which seems like it shouldn't match, but somehow it really, really works and sets the mood for the movie in a lot of ways. I gotta say... And this is one of those things that I was honestly kind of expecting coming out of a year plus of watching movies at home exclusively, then going to sit in a theater and watch movies. God damn, I do wish there were some subtitles because this is British as fuck. I miss the subtitles so much because it is very British. And there were several times like, what did he say? What was that? I, I don't know if I caught that. Yeah. Luckily, there's not a lot of dialogue. Yeah, there's not really a ton. The visuals kind of get you through there. But, you know, at the same time, I did chomp down on a little bit of an eddy before we started this movie. So that might have been affecting my processing skills. So maybe that was part of it as well. But I'm notoriously bad. It was very small. It was very small, but it doesn't take much for me. And I'm also notoriously bad at interpreting accents and stuff like that. But I, I... would have enjoyed some subtitles on this thing. There was some very deep accents afoot in this flick. There was some time at the main character at one point was like, he said something about like, did you see the tent? And I was like, I have no idea what he just <laughs> said. It. It's gone. Like, I, don't, I have no clue. Yeah. Yeah. So a little bit hard to interpret some of the dialogue, but I don't think that we really missed all that much. I feel like there was elements in this movie that were... It's mostly visual. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I don't feel like I missed anything. No, I don't either. And there were elements of this movie that I felt like were really capturing what Hagazusa thought it was doing with this, like, doom, trippy, black metal kind of fucking visual and stuff. People in the forest that are tripping balls uh, that Hagazusa did that was so fucking boring steve liked that movie steve what's the matter with you steve so ben ben compared it i compared it to mandy in the car on the way home and ben compared it to hagazusa and i so viscerally hated hagazusa just not a fan i mean hate what the whole time just sitting on the couch arms crossed just anger radiating from me i hated hagazusa so much that when he first said it i was offended by how much i enjoyed this movie based on how much i hated hagazusa but i can see that yes i it it is kind of the same mood Mm -hmm. and that's probably what hagazusa was going for and i feel like they just failed miserably yeah yeah like i would say that this feels like a bizarre like four-way human centipede of like kill list mandy hagazusa and the ritual it's kind of like those that makes me want to watch kill list you should watch kill but now i'm kind of worried because i really hated hagazusa yeah no i did too as you know i really hated that movie 
But it's kind of like got elements of those. It's not like as slow and trippy and funny as Mandy. It's yeah. not as fart sniffy as Hagazusa. It's not as steeped in reality as Kill List. And it's not as, I don't know, Netflixy as The Ritual. Netflixy is a good way to describe you know, The Ritual. <laughs> yeah. I thought it had good elements in there. It does. It okay. Like it, there's a lot of really good element. They just they needed just like a few more months. Little polish. Yeah. Oh, you just need a little bit of polish just here and there, didn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so if you like those movies, maybe you'll dig this one as long as you don't mind some strobe lights and stuff. The strobe light thing is big. Like it, yeah, it, it, it's a lot. It's the last third of the movie. Yeah. Uh, but it's phenomenal, and it really adds to the movie. You just have to be sure that you can handle it. Yeah, I think so. And you also have to be okay with some some unanswered questions and some ambiguity, for sure. Oh, the whole thing's ambiguous. Like, yeah. there's no answers for anything. You don't get any pre-story. You don't get any post. Like, there's, there are no answers to this movie. You are thrown in there, you see what happens, and then you leave. Yeah, no foreplay, no pillow talk. You just kind of get dry-dicked by this movie. So I hope you're in the mood for that. Sometimes you are. Yeah, it's good. It happens. Sometimes that can be exactly what you want. So if you enjoy those kind of elements, maybe this movie is for you. But now it's time to get a little bit more spoiler-like and get into some spoiler turf. So if you've not watched this movie, proceed here not. That's how you say that, right? I say it's your own damn fault. Your own damn fault. You heard it. So spoilers afoot. We're going to get a little bit deeper into this movie and some of its messages and stuff like that, starting now. So, listener, beware. This movie really could have been a very bad timing. Let's cash in on COVID. There's a pandemic. Everybody's fucking scared of it. I mean, honestly, ever since this pandemic started, I think that everybody that really likes horror has been sort of dreading the wave of pandemic movies that are going to be coming out. And there was a little bit of fear in the back of my head that this was going to be holding the torch for that, being like, hey, guys, global pandemic, scary, huh? You know, it's like, I don't want to be sitting in a theater reliving what I've been living through the past fucking year. So since I did not read anything about it, I just saw that trailer and I knew that Central Cinema was recommending it by showing it. I had no idea that a pandemic was part of the storyline. So when the movie starts and it's, How long have you been quarantined? Let us test your blood. Let us stick this thing up your nose. Now let us sterilize you. Yeah, like you have to go through a sterilization process before you can even come onto the property. Like when all of that started, I immediately was just taking like a step back, going, I no, I don't want to watch a pandemic movie. This is not something I want to see. This is not what I came to watch. Luckily, that was pretty low key in terms of the whole story. Honestly, I will say that the entire pandemic angle could have been scrapped entirely. It really, you really didn't need it. It's not really all that relevant. Like it could have just been, we're nature researchers. We're here to research nature. We go into the wilderness. Oh wow. Some weird shit happens. Like it didn't have to be pandemic at its core. I really think they kind of used it just as a way to keep the cast very small. Yeah. Like we we don't have a lot of people. There's like six people in this movie. Yeah. So it was like, we don't have a lot of people. Oh, it's a global pandemic. So a lot of people can't come out. You understand. That's why nobody's here. Yeah. Pretty much. But I do feel like that was an element of the movie that was 
kind of cheap that didn't really have to be there that was maybe there just to kind of tug at people's heartstrings or provoke people to relating to the movie because of what we've been, you know, all going through globally for the past year. Yeah, got to find a cure. Yeah. Didn't really have to be there, though. It, it's not necessary to the story at all. No, not really. Because essentially what we've got here is that our main character, uh, who is a researcher of some type that has been writing letters to this other... We don't even know what he... I, yeah, we're I, not really that sure. I think at the beginning he corrected somebody and called himself a doctor instead of mister. Yeah, something like that. But maybe not. Like, it was one time, very briefly at the beginning. Like, I just... I don't think we really got any history of like who he is or what he's doing or like what even his purpose was. No, not really. Not exactly. Like he, w- he was bringing equipment in, but he didn't seem to have that much equipment. He just seemed to want to go find this one doctor who was in the woods. Yeah. Researching things and stuff. That, that was really like his only motivation was like, Oh, he needs to meet this doctor who's doing research. Yeah. And he goes out there and he meets up with this guide, Alma, is that her name? Alma. Alma. Who looks so much like my friend Aaron. Oh, Aaron. It made me want to write a letter to Aaron while I was watching the movie. For sure. And she's kind of his guide through the woods. And they go off on, I think what's supposed to be like a two-day walking journey to get to this place. Right. Yeah. And in the process, like their first night staying in their tent, they get attacked in the middle of the night by something it's just kind of like a bunch of weird flashes and them being attacked and you never really see what's happening exactly but they wake up the next morning they're sore they're sore they're shoeless ain't got no shoes on their feet and they're having a bad time yeah so they have to go they they pack up all their gear which like they're just backpacking and then start walking barefoot through the woods and almost immediately the Main character, like our protagonist, gets his foot cut. Yeah. Fortunately, they soon meet up with this fella named Zach, who I think is just any dude from Asheville. Pretty sure. He's got a beard. He lives in the woods. He loves that natural lifestyle. Probably smells like taco meat. Just not really a clean kind of guy. No offense to my fellow Ashevillian friends. Or taco meat. Or taco meat. You know, you guys all have your place. But he just seems like some old hippie living in the woods. He's quick to sew up dude's foot, which is just awful. Oh, my God. I don't think I really realized how bad seeing some foot torture is. But that's one of those things when you see this fella having a big hole in his foot. You are making all kinds of noises. Ooh, man. And him getting this sewed up, you know, with a field kit, basically. And this, you know, random Asheville hippie sewing his foot up with string. Got damn it looked really brutal really rough very effective the effect was great yeah it looked really good all the flapping skin Ugh. and the blood oozing uh-uh uh-uh not a fan y- you and that lady not for me nope she not didn't for care me. for it either Mm-mm. and he also like feeds him and gives him some some tea which is of course drugs oh yeah Oh, it's just flower tea. Isn't it sweet? Mm, it's good. It's tasty. Oh, mm, we're on drugs. Full of drugs. Tripping balls. And at that point, this fucking weirdo drags him out and puts him in robes. Looks like paper. Looks like yeah. paper costumes. Yeah. Like paper doll costumes, kind of. Well, white. that's flat. Yeah. 
but he puts like white paper over their eyes so they glow in these photographs that he's taken. He's got a dark room in his tent. Yeah. He's, he's got this. That's going to be hard to rig up. Believe me, the whole time I was watching this, I was going, how in the world do you have a lightproof tent? I mean, technically, you could do it at night because you don't have any electricity yeah. to expose. But then you still have to be careful of starlight and moonlight. But I'm going to get real photo nerdy on you if I keep delving into that. Dude, in Britain, it's rainy out on the plains, isn't it? Cloudy. Mm, that's what they say. Out on the moors. Rain in Spain. Mainly on the plains, isn't it? <laughs> Quite sure. But yeah, he takes these fucked up photos of them in not not super like, fucked up like he he dresses them up in these like paper robe type outfits and he like lays them on the ground like you say fucked up i think like really fucked up but this is like i mean he drugs them and they're passed out and he dresses them up in these paper robes yeah that's not weird at all now that you say it that way it makes me <laughs> realize it's honestly not that strange it could get way darker mm, you know this is just a tuesday night who am i kidding <laughs> Stranger puts you in some robes. It could be worse. It, you know what? Yeah, it could be worse. But it is Abby normal. It is a little bit. Ooh. And yeah, it's in tribute to some fucking forest god that this guy is talking about. Spirit of the forest kind of thing. See, I thought this movie was kind of about a forest witch. That's what I was just thinking. Like based, a wendigo. Yeah, like ba- a wendigo is not a witch. Like a wendigo. A wendigo is not a witch. Like a witch to go. Yes. Okay. That's a thing. But yeah, like I thought it was about a witchy thing based on the trailer. And then like even at the beginning of the movie, when he first hits the campground where he meets his guide, Alma, and they're like, oh, have you ever heard about this forest witch? There's a lot of stories about it. It's like you kind of it leads you down that path of like, oh, we're looking for a forest witch. And then it's just like, oh, no, it's a bunch of fucked up people in the woods. Ooh, mercy. Good yeah. Lord. <laughs> And they kind of come out of their drugged stupor and, um, you know, Zach, the guy in the woods, is like, hey, I think I need to cut your foot off because your foot injury is getting worse. Not the foot, just the toes. Oh, just the toes, because that makes sense. It makes no sense. No, because this guy's a fucking lunatic. Well, yeah, he's got a dark room in the middle of the woods. He's a tarp dark room. Yeah, that's why he's crazy. That's the craziest thing about him for sure. (laughs) You know what? Yes, definitely. And man, he takes a couple swings with his axe at that feller's foot, and it does not get good to me. He took a lot of swings. Had some practice swings. He missed a whole bunch. The audience, all all 10 people in the theater, did not like watching the axe almost hit the foot, Mm -mm. then kind of hit the foot, then like barely hit a toe (laughs) oh my god man yeah he takes off like a couple of toes and he's like halfway there aren't we then he takes another swing he's just like i don't know i got some of your fucking tarsals in there too it was not fun it looked really good to watch it looked very good it's very convincing and again kill list has some violence in it that is like snuff level like, it really feels like you're watching a snuff film at parts of that movie. It's oh, fucking rough. I don't know if rough. I like that. But I think you probably would. You'd be impressed. You'd I mean, I was impressed. impressed by all the gore in this one. Yeah, probably get good to you, I think. All right. So they, they get away from this, like, religious zealot nutcase guy. They, they beat him down a little bit. Right. Well, he, he explains that he's, he's making these image the photographs he's taking, like he's making these images in tribute to the gods of the forest. And he's trying to like 
honor them and speak to them through his art. And then, then our protagonists run away. Yeah, he's just one of them religious nut jobs. Like, and they run away and find themselves in the company of that researcher that our main dude had been writing letters to and stuff the entire time. That's the person Dr. he wanted Wendell? to meet. Dr. Wendell? I think that's right. Olivia? Olivia, I believe her name was. Yeah. yeah. And she's just kind of like explaining the science of this stuff and why she has all these like strobe lights all over the forest and these speakers tied to trees that are emanating and these... And microphones. Yeah, like droning synth tones because everything has a resonant frequency and everything is producing sound if you listen to it. And she's kind of getting into the science of it. And that's where... I feel like the real message of this movie is, is that, you know, we have these pretty objective observers that are getting caught in this war between trying to explain what is going on with the religious faction and the scientific fashion, trying to describe what is happening or make any sense of what's going on. And that could describe a lot of us during this whole fucking pandemic bullshit or any other plague that the world has gone through where there is learned people that are scientists trying to give you the scientific angle of why this is happening. There's other people trying to tell you that it's gods and goddesses, you know, punishing us for being wicked or whatever. And these people are kind of getting chewed up in the cogs between the two of them. Well, and even Zach, the crazy forest hippie, when you first see his like tarp dark room that he's built for himself and he's like, Photography is like magic, but everything is like magic if you don't understand the science. Yeah. Like, that should have really been the clue. Yeah, probably. But then, like, they escape that crazy nut bar and, like, land into the scientist's lap, who our protagonist has... I mean, I want... It's not... Love Affair seems unfair because they've never met in person, it seemed. Yeah. They just exchanged a lot of letters. They're definitely fans of each other. Right. But then then communication got cut off for whatever reason, and he showed up to rescue her or help her. It's not super clear why he's there. I mean, we don't know much about Martin at all. No. Is it Martin? I think that's right. Yeah. Like, we don't know much about him at all. Yeah. But, like, like, even when he shows up, she's like, oh, Martin, is that you? Oi, governor. And he's like, yeah. It's me, in it, he says. <laughs> Just like him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then we find out that Zach, crazy mountain man, Ashevillian, religious nut, is her ex-husband. Yep. She's like, oi, I see you've met my ex-ubby, haven't you? That's exactly how she said it. Yeah, that was actually a soundbite from the movie that I recorded. <laughs> I just played it right now. And that's like, oh, shit, okay. But then this weird, like, mushroom fog mist surrounds the camp. So mushrooms actually do that. So, like, that's part of why I like this movie so much is that, like, it's all very, very, very loosely based on reality where the mushrooms, there are mushrooms in the forest that will just poof, like, expel these, like, spores. And, like, it's a little mist in, like, when, when that happens. And there are, like, trees. Like, if you are recording them at the right frequency, you can hear, like, a humming or a droning. Yeah, they like, go, ba room, ba room. That's what trees sound like. Exactly like that. <laughs> so, 
it, it's all very, very, very loosely based in reality. But yeah, the the mushrooms here, just like Kong versus Godzilla. No, the science was right there the whole time, uh, right? No, that movie sucked. <laughs> it's not good it's it's it was so bad we watched pacific rim the next day to remember what a good monster and it was was. better steve (laughs) it was much better steve it's so much better yeah obviously (laughs) but yeah anyway she's all about the science and stuff and they're surrounded by this mushroom psychedelic mist and Guide girls, like, Fencing I guess I can get them out. in. Yeah, yeah. like, it, it, the fog, the mushroom fog, which is what, according to the scientist, is fencing them into the camp. It's keeping them there, according to the scientist. Yeah. And our main girl's like, I can put on that hazmat suit and maybe get out of here. And they're like, maybe the micron size is too small and you're going to get fucked, girl. She's like, eh, we'll try it, won't we? Now she goes out and she ends up fucking tripping balls. Loses her mind. But maybe that was the point. Maybe that was the point entirely. Maybe she didn't have the right filter on her mask. Yeah, maybe the the scientist lady didn't even put a filter in there at all. Yeah, you're realizing it right now. Oh, man, damn. Yeah, because (laughs) I kind of get the impression that her and her ex-hubby were sort of working in tandem for the same reason. So she's very clear that they don't work together, but near, like, Towards the last third of the movie, you realize, oh, they probably are. Like, he's probably the religious side of the scientific coin where they're studying the same thing. Yeah, it kind of seems that way. But, uh, yeah, then she comes up with some kind of crazy scientific explanation for why our main dude Martin should take this mushroom tea by this guide stone because she has this fucking which book that describes the spirit of the forest like that kind of oh, yeah. came out of nowhere it was like wow exposition dump okay yeah she brings out this like 15th century book with pages from e- scrolls from even older than that yeah. and was like oh we've been following this and it talks about this stone that was kind of out of nowhere well especially to be from the scientist part of it <laughs> she very passive aggressively is like oh one of us is going to have to take this. She didn't call it a tincture. What'd she call it? I don't know, like a tea or a potion or some some sort of shit. Yeah, and she, and it's make like a ground mushroom powder. Make make the sacrifice at the stone so we can talk to the forest. And I was like, bitch, you fucking take it. Maybe you, you do you, it. Yeah, like don't don't make these random people who are trying to leave take it. They're just scientists, ma'am. Leave them be. They're not. One of them is like a forest guide. We don't yeah, even know what true. the other dude is. Fucking park ranger. Yeah, like. Yeah. <laughs> but he does it, and that's when like Zach shows back up. He showed up first before that. Good lord! And then by this point, the movie is just this hallucinogenic. Trip. There's yeah. There's so many like. There's so much strobe. There's so many like flashes of. If anybody's had any like major, I don't want to say eye surgery trauma. Well, I don't even want to say trauma, but just like I have terrible vision. So I've gone through a lot of like eye specific tests where they like there's different lights and different eye drops and different like micros. Like it looks a lot of those flashes looked a lot like some of the eye tests I've had to take where it's like you can see through your lid or you can see like the way they kind of zoom in on stuff. Yeah. 
And a lot of them are just it was like real little, trippy, like subliminal, like single frames. Oh, yeah. F- quick, quick, quick flashes. And this is amongst yeah. all the strobe lights of the forest and the chaos of them trying to escape each other and find each other and all kinds of madness going on. That Zach guy gets like a tent stake driven through his eye by park ranger girl. That was awesome. Oh, my God. Fucking brutal, man. You came out of your seat. Like, ugh, eye stuff, man. The worst. Yeah. <laughs> it's not for me. Nope. <laughs> Honestly, the the last like 10 minutes or so are just a trip. Like there's just so it many is, just yeah. random images and sounds and strobes and all kinds of weird shit. Like, yeah, there's no like linear story at all for that last little bit. It, no. it is just trippy, which is yeah. where the like Mandy reference comes in. Kind of like the peak hallucinogen of Mandy. Yeah. Everybody's like, tripping balls. Yeah. Is, is that end of the movie? Yeah. And at the very end, we just get dude waking up and Park Ranger Girl is like, I got to get you out of the woods. And that's kind of it. And then credits. Yeah. I loved it. But I also get how some people wouldn't love it. Oh, yeah. This movie is not for everybody. This is a very niche audience. Yeah, for sure. And honestly, like I'm still trying to kind of think through some of the things about the movie to determine how I feel about it, where I'm like, well... There's not really a lot of character to our main two characters. Like like we were saying, like we don't really know what that guy even does. We don't know where that came from. We don't know really anything about them. We we really get more characterization from the quote unquote villains, the yeah. the religious zealot and the scientific zealot. Like we get more from those two than we do from our protagonists. Yeah, pretty much. And I see how a lot of people see that as a negative and and I can kind of get that, but uh, yeah, this movie is definitely like if anybody said I hated that movie, I'm like that's fair. That's fair. You, I can completely understand that. Probably not for everybody, but man alive, dude! Just visually, this movie was beautiful, ridiculously great. It was shot so well, and some of that, some of those shots are very like they are deep woods. It is very dark. It definitely. is very rainy. It. Some of those shots that they got are extremely difficult to capture. Yeah. It, it's very impressive. Yeah. And again, the sound design and soundtrack, especially that soundtrack, was really, really killer. Would you call that a soundtrack? Because like, to me, like, I kept calling that sound design in my head because it's so... Yeah, it's not, it's not like there's like melodies or themes. Yeah, like it's just... It's, Texture. It's noise. It's sound. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily a song. Yeah. I'd like to know who did the soundtrack to this and see what else they've done because it was very, I don't know, it was one of those deals where like, I was watching it and I was like, this is not the soundtrack I would have chosen and yet this works so fucking well. It was, the sound was drowning you in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, it, definitely. It was very impressively done. Yeah, I think so. I enjoyed it. Like, again, I think I need to watch it again, probably, to get, like, a further evaluation on it. But just first reaction, like, having just seen this, like, an hour or so ago, Mm -hmm. I thought that it was pretty fucking cool. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I'd like to read about it, because, like, I didn't do any research. I don't know any of these people. I don't know anything they've done. I didn't know anything about this movie walking into it. So, like, I'd kind of like to read about it to learn... But I'm, I'm kind of afraid of, like, what if they're portraying something different than what I want? Yeah. But it, I am interested in it. I loved the movie. Like, I mean, that, the credits started rolling, and I was like, well, this was fucking awesome. And 
the thing that I liked, I think, the most about the movie is the way that it did try to capture, I think, the entire experience of what it's been like living through this age of this fucking pandemic where we're all trying to find answers. We're all trying to find where this came from. We're all trying to find why is this spreading? What works? What doesn't work? What's the vaccine do? What's the vaccine doesn't do? Like, we're all kind of looking for answers. How's it going to affect you? How's it going to affect The first us? shot, the second shot, two days after the first shot, Jesus. a day after the second yeah. shot. And there's so many people that are there, you know, throwing answers in your face, being like, oh, I know for a fact it's this. And then the next person you talk to is like, no, 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 that person's wrong. I know for a fact that it's this. And it's completely opposite information. And we're just observers being like, I don't really know what the fuck is going on here. I feel like that's where this movie kind of played into the pandemic more than the fact that there was a pandemic in the movie. Like, I like that way of looking at it. Yeah. yeah, Like there couldn't have been that entire pandemic angle in the movie and that would have been fine. Right. Just getting these people's attitudes as to like why stuff was happening in the forest and them having their authoritative answers as to why they thought things were happening. um, That would have been enough for me to be like, oh, like COVID. And that would have been fine. Yeah. The fact that there was a pandemic going on in this world is a little bit, you know, hitting the nail on the head a little, little hard. But I mean, they don't even talk about it the second half of the movie. No, not the, at all. The last, it's, it's very upfront before they get into the woods. And then it's once when they first meet Zach and he kind of disinfects them before they enter his little tarp compound. Yeah. And that's it. Like that's past that, nobody really mentions the pandemic. Minus the fact that the scientist lady at some point has a mini speech about she's trying to listen to the woods to get answers to solve stuff. Yeah. That's, I mean, it. that's really about it. Yeah. So I like that it took that angle um, as to explaining everybody's attitudes and everybody's experience for the past year or so, just trying to figure out what the fuck is going on rather than just being a full on pandemic horror movie. I like hated I was expecting that. it. Yeah. Oh my god! I was so hoping it wasn't going to be that, so I was glad it ended up not being that and being something different. I got legit worried. I mean, when the movie first started, and they're like, "He's like, how long have you been quarantining? And where have you been? And what are you doing? And oh, I've done this. And like, let's do a blood test. Like, oh, I got ringworm, but I don't know how I got ringworm. That's weird because I've been yeah, quarantining for four weeks. Yeah, what that, the hell? That kind of fell off. That was a, a little, little bit. bit like what? Also, I don't know that much about ringworm. I know it's like a sh- like a bacteria. No, right? it's a fucking little little parasite. Oh, okay, yeah. mm-hmm. I know you get it from like standing barefoot in communal showers. Yeah, we're stepping. That's in, like, really all I know about ringworm. <laughs> stepping in animal shit and stuff like that'll do it too. Oh well, you know? okay, but barefoot. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, like I don't, I don't know that much about ringworm. So it's a parasite. So maybe I mean maybe there's something there. Yeah. But like that that kind of that thread kind of got lost. Yeah. So there's a few threads in this that I don't think really paid off. But overall there's enough meat here that I really did enjoy. Uh, I mean, I still loved the movie. Like I fully loved the movie. Like as much as I hate watched through Hagazusa, just like this makes no sense. This doesn't make any sense. This is obviously a male perspective thing. This is obviously a, like I got so mad through all of Hagazusa Mm -hmm. and I loved this movie equally to that. Like I was like, Oh, this is cool. Oh, what's going to happen? Oh, well like, and like even the vague parts of this movie that don't make sense. Like I was okay with it. Yeah. 
but the same way that I was okay with it, like in Mandy, like you don't know anything about them in Mandy. And then like all of a sudden he goes and gets all these guns and you're like, what the fuck? And then like this weird demon, like leather daddy dude shows up and you're like, where did this guy come from? Who is he? (laughs) Like, I mean, it's kind of like that vagueness, Mm -hmm. which I liked. I thought it was cool. Yeah. So I enjoy this movie. I recommend it. Definitely not for everybody. But I did dig it. I, I would probably say, like, first viewing, I'm going to say like six and a half out of ten. I'd say eight. Eight. Solid wow. eight. Going for the Ocho. Yeah. All right. Well, you heard it here first, and we look forward to hearing what you guys think about this flick as well. Over on the Instagram and Facebook pages, you guys know where to find us. So dig deep, find us, ye shall. And go check out this flick. And if you live in Knoxville, go support Central Cinema. They're hosting very responsible, COVID-safe, socially distanced movie experiences that I have fucking enjoyed. Oh, my God. Just to sit in a seat that's not my home. It's so nice to be in a movie theater again. Oh, my God, man. So, yeah, go support them. Follow them on Instagram and all that kind of stuff. Keep up with their new releases and all that jazz. And be sure to tune in for the next installment of Dead and Lovely. And Kate. That's right. I've been Uncle Ben. And I've been Kate. Tante Kate, I guess, to you all. That works. You folks, I'm Tante Kate. That's right. And you guys have been fantastic. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye. Bye.